0: Episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. (laughs) Boom, boom. All right. We are back live after hours. Jeremy Lee, Joe Perot with his Sports Cards Live hat. Lean in. Show everybody that, that beautiful hat. That is so cool. I have none left, unfortunately. I have none left. Collector's item. There you go. There you go. So, Mark Santucci's already here. First one in. What's going on, Mark? Good to see you again. So just finished the episode with Matt Burroughs. I got to say I had a heck of a time. Uh, a, I mean, a great, a heck of a great time with Matt. Uh, we, we had a really fun episode. I kind of looked at my, at the clock. We were an hour, about an hour and two minutes in. I was like, whoa, like we're already an hour in. We haven't even started the show. Like, <laughs> was a good sign, right? That's a good sign. That is, that is a good sign for sure. For sure. Did you catch, I saw you at the end in the chat. Did you catch some of it? I did.
1: I did. Uh, I, I mean,
0: Matt's super inspiring.
1: He, you know, his passion and focus, um, is, is really noteworthy, admirable. And and it, it always kind of, anytime you come into contact with someone whose collecting interests are, um, so refined and laser sharp, it always, at least for me, I'm a little more eclectic and it always makes me go, Oh, wow. Maybe I should be more narrow or more, um, zeroed in. So, uh, That that was one of the things that I took away, along with just the overall inspiration for uh, for collecting and and appreciation of cards.
0: You know, I think that I think you you make a point that I'm really proud of. I must say is that, you know, by doing and I'm not the only one doing. There's a lot of people doing content right now. A lot of people bringing on guests and doing interviews. And I think the the biggest benefit to the audience in watching that is just to be just to become aware of how somebody else approaches it. And you might find inspiration or guidance or uh, motivation, you, you know, that you never thought of yourself. And by watching other people, like you might just, it might it might have an influence on the way you go about collecting because they they shed light on something that you never thought of before. And that kind of, that just came into my mind. As you mentioned that, I feel like you might've benefited that way.
1: Totally. I mean, yeah, I, I started reflecting back on my early collecting and what I focused on and how I kind of danced around to different, you know, player collecting, team collecting, set collecting. And, uh, but I, I don't know I've ever been so consolidated as Matt. I mean, that, that uh, you know, you mentioned the A-Rod and then moving into the flurry. um, And it's just clear, like, those cards aren't going anywhere
0: (laughs) that's right that's right it's very clear don't even try to ask me for them uh pretty much that they are locked away and that's something I've seen some I've seen commentary on Instagram lately about how the hobby needs more people who are just holding on to their cards and I think you know that commentary is you know, more or less really directed towards those big cards that we see selling on PWCC and Golden and maybe Probstein on, on eBay. And even now we've got Slab Sharks on eBay, the Canadian company. Um, you know, we're seeing like the Michael Jordan PSA 10 as an example, right? Like, I, I, I think I just put out, or did I put, the, I, have a, I have a real ready to go, basically saying that, you know, with a card like that, no, I did I think I did put that out there. In any event, with a card like that, there's a pent-up demand when one hasn't hasn't surfaced in a long time. And then what happened and we saw it happen back in 2021, all of a sudden there were some PSA 10 Michael Jordans put up for sale and they sold for $720,000 on Golden. And what does that do? That's the start. Like it's like it climbs and then you it's got to fall from there, which we've learned now. And it falls because People holding these cards, that bought them for fifteen thousand dollars five years ago. Says, "Oh, my cards were seven twenty now. I'm going to pay off my house. I'm going to pay off my house." And so they, so they list it, but they're not the only ones that th- they're thinking that. So four or five come up in the next month. You see it sell from seven twenty to six fifty to six to five fifty to five, all the way down to where it's at now in that one fifty to one eighty range. Even though last night or on Thursday night. Uh, super high end copy sold for like 240 on on um, on PWCC Premiere. So, uh, but the point of all that is that if people hold their cards, they're not going to see them sell for less money. And I'm not saying that 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 Matt Burrows and his flurry cards would experience that because we're not talking about you know a Michael Jordan rookie card. But I think that there's still that 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 impact still exists or that phenomenon still somewhat exists. Because if other people want Marc-Andre Fleury cards, we know that Kendall Mullen and Matt Burroughs have most of the good ones locked up. Well, it's gonna, you know, you're it's just, you're not gonna be able to buy them for pennies on the dollar because those two guys are trying to buy them as are whoever else. So, sorry, a bit of a kind of going off on the thought pattern here, but it does tie into what I wanted to do with you tonight on After Hours was talk about some of these um, reels that I've put out lately which are really just clips from past episodes. They are, they're just really short clips from past episodes of Sports Cards Live. Anything you'd like to say based on all that?
1: Yeah, well, I watched the reel um, that I think you were mentioning the sort of ways in which auction houses are kind of left to navigate, you know, one, two, three, maybe arriving on their shores. And I think you're right. It's like when people notice the sales, but then there's a little bit of a, a, a potential saturation point, at which point, you know, maybe the prices start to come down. And, you know, that that is an interesting conundrum. I know that, um, you know, auction houses will reach out to, to clients and sort of check in with them and say, hey, we got a second, you know, or, you know, negotiate with, you know, the first person and sort of talk through like, how important is it now? How important is it just to, to make the sale? Um, you know, and so communication, I think that's, one of the things about uh, the technology and the various platforms that we have now to share information is that it it's putting, for the most part, everybody in touch with the same information. And so it's not surprising that people have similar impulses <laughs> when they receive the same information. But then, you know, reality unfolds and, you know, sales do what they do. Auctions do what they do. But you you consolidated those points really well on that short reel. So um uh, I like that forum too. just, uh, drop knowledge.
0: <laughs> yeah. You talk about those, uh, those short reels, you know, I don't make them myself first, first truth be told. I, I do not edit those myself. I have somebody that does that. And, uh, and thank you and kudos to them. Uh, they do, they do a great job. I don't even pick them. I don't even know what they're going to pick out from the show and send me. Uh, but then I get a few here and there and I, the ones I like, I actually put out on Instagram. And uh, so it's funny because, you know, when I started this show, I was kind of known for this long form content, like two hour long episodes. And now I'm doing 15 to 30 second, maybe sometimes 60 second reel. So I'm I'm the extreme long form and the extreme short form with very little in between. But hopefully it's uh hopefully people like it. And and they're getting they're getting a lot of engagement, lots of views. So I'll keep on doing them as long as as long as that's happening. So, yeah. What else is going on, Matt? You know what? I was um, I, I, I know that you are going to the Mint Collective at the end of uh, at the end of the month. And we were going to during this episode and I'm going to I'm going to spring something on you right now that you don't even know is, I'm going to ask you but we were going to talk about preparing for the mint collective and how to prepare for a card show. But I'm wondering, I'm going to ask you in front of everybody. So, um, I, I do collectible live on Sundays at, at, uh, seven o'clock Eastern. So four o'clock your time. And my guest for collectible live tomorrow just had to cancel. And I thought maybe you could join me on an episode of collectible live tomorrow and talk about that tomorrow instead of tonight. If you're available, Four o'clock Pacific, because I know you're in California. Are you available to be my guest on Collectible Live tomorrow, which will then focus on the Mint Collective and, you know, you looking forward to it and preparing for a card show, I think would be very informative to the Collectible and IMG and, uh, and Peyton Manning's company who all, who all put on the Mint Collective. Um, Are you, I'm asking in front of 31 people, are you available to join me tomorrow uh, on Collectible Live? Yeah, ha-
1: happy to jump in. That sounds like a a, a great show and will help me uh,
0: start to focus my thoughts on how to approach uh, the Mint. So yeah, let's do it. Okay, great. It was Lauren Powers was supposed to be my guest, but she's had literally a family emergency come up. So she's going to come on okay. next week instead, which leaves me guestless for tomorrow. So <laughs> I'm no longer guestless for tomorrow. So I think we'll have a great show on that. So we're not going to talk about that tonight. Let's say hello to the chat right now. We already said hello to Mark Santucci, Chris C. Hello to you, Jake Dahl. Still here. Good to see you. (laughs) Matt says, barely needed any notes. That's right. We barely did need any. And Jeff McMahon is here again, along with 30 or so other people. So welcome everybody to After Hours. We don't really have a script for this show tonight. uh, And by script, I mean very limited talking points. So we're we're open to Q&A, questions, comments from you guys in the chat on pretty much any topic, I would say. Uh, 90s hockey collector, good evening to you. I, I'm a 90s hockey collector. That's That should be my name. Is that me in the chat? Uh, not me in the chat. Hockey Barn, round two. We are into round two. We haven't done after hours um, as often as I did in the first couple years of Sports Cards Live, but... We're going to do more and more of it now, I I think. We'll see. Not every Saturday, but uh, I certainly enjoy it, and it's a nice uh, dessert after the main course of Sports Cards Live. Here's a question for you from Mark Santucci. Joe, do you like the Raiders or just the A's out where you are? Who has more fans nowadays, the Raiders or the A's? Wow. Well, I grew up
1: in Berkeley, So, uh, East Bay. So I was more of a Raiders and A's fan and, um, and, and not so much a 49ers and Giants fan. I would say where I live now in Santa Cruz though, um, the Giants and the 49ers are a little bit more of the thing. The A's have been a little bit challenging to follow. And of course the Raiders moved, um, and just picked up Jimmy Garoppolo, which is kind of interesting, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, i I still root for those teams, but I probably more actively follow the Niners now um, from a football perspective. And uh, you know, the A's, it's just, again, every time you <laughs> develop a, a connection with one of the players, they Billy Bean trades them off for four or five prospects. And so it's kind of hard to get attached. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a sports fan across the board, you know um, maybe, maybe, you know, of all the teams
0: that I am passionate about the golden state warriors, would uh, be the one. Yeah. I know you to be a warriors fan sometimes like Joe and I are good buddies and we'll, we'll talk quite a bit and sometimes I'll, I'll phone you and you're on your way to the warriors game or you're at the warriors game and I can't hear you. And you know, you might've had a pop or two, so I couldn't understand what you're saying. And no, I'm just kidding. So let let's, uh, let's do this. I've got, um, Okay, before we do what I was about to say, Vintage Card Collector, at my local show today, packed house and tons of kids. The hobby is alive and well. That's a great comment to hear and to know. I mean, we're always thinking about the future of the hobby as modern day current collectors. So to get a report like that, Vintage, where, where, where is your local show if you're willing to share? I'm, I'm just curious. And while we're waiting for him to let us know, I want to get your thoughts. I'm going to, I'm just going to hold my phone in front of the camera here. And hopefully I think you guys will be able to hear this. I want to, or I could try to share it from my other screen, but I don't know if that's going to work. Let me see here. I don't think it's going to work. I don't want to overwhelm the, although my internet fixer was out here uh, yesterday and I think my internet is completely hopefully better, but I don't think I can do that from the, uh, the laptop. So I, um, I'm going to. I'm going to ask you this for a second. Can you? I'm going to put this. This is these are my reels on Instagram. Whoop. Yep, right. So I'm going to put it in front. I'm going to turn the volume up, and I'm just going to ask you if you can if you can hear the if you can hear it. Okay. So the one the one I want to play. Yeah, let's move my microphone so that it's right here. So I'm gonna hit this one here. It says this ain't no love fest. I want to get your thoughts on it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play it, let you guys watch it, and let me know if you can hear it are clicks in the hobby not everybody loves each other it's not a big love fest here in, in the hobby but there's enough people that you're gonna find somebody that you have similar values and similar interests within the hobby it's like rob gerard the sports card therapist says find your wolf pack. that camaraderie just the fact that we have our love of cardboard in common there are clicks in the hobby so that commentary there um there's clicks in the hobby you know, and then, and and not everybody loves each other. Uh, a lot of us do love each other. Let's, I don't want to overlook that. A lot of us, there is a lot of love in the hobby. There's a lot of real camaraderie, but there is, you know, there, I always feel there could be more inclusiveness. There could be more accepting. There could be less attacking on certain things. Uh, I saw, for example, today, 130 point, the website 130 point went down, I guess. And, okay. Uh, and the, the the owner of the site put up a, a a post on Instagram saying, "Apologies to everybody. The site's down. Don't have a time on when it's going to get up, but we're doing everything we can do to get it back up." And I was like, "That's a great post. Like what? Like and by the way, you do this for free. Nobody's paying you for your service." So then I looked at the comments, and one guy writes, "The slow has been cr- sorry. The site has been crap lately." And I'm like. Really? That's your post? The guy's out here apologizing and you're going to like like kick salt in the wound publicly because the free service that you've been using hasn't been perfect lately. I found that to be very in, in, in extreme poor taste to put that up. So I'm asking you, I'm asking the chat, am I in the wrong? Am I being too sensitive? Should, should, should we just be crapping on these companies that give us free services? When they go down, or should we not? Should we be like, well, thank you? And of course, you have our oh, we just want you to take your time, get it, get it back up and running. We're gonna be patient and thank you for your free service. Am I am I off base or is the commenter off base on that post on Instagram by 130 point? What do you think, Joe?
1: Yeah, man. I mean, I, I think the commenter's off base. I'm I'm with you, and you know. You and I both, Jeremy. We've been collecting our whole lives, so we remember the times when the the hobby was such a niche place that um, you know you really like. If you met a fellow collector, it was almost like you were both from different plant. You you know you, you were from some other you know from Krypton, and here you are on Earth, and you're meeting each other, and it's great, you know. And may, maybe the expansion of the the hobby, maybe the expansion and the numbers or maybe the times we live in um, have created a, a general sense of like, accessing our differences as, as opposed to our commonalities. But in the old days, I, I, I remember, I mean, yeah, sure, there was an occasional, you know, shyster, or you know, somebody that wasn't acting in good faith. But there was, at least to my recollection, when I was growing up, my local card shops, the shows that I went to in the, you know, late 70s, early 80s, it was such a it's kind of a labor of love, like people really wanted you to enjoy the experience and sharing the cards. And um, I don't know what's happened. You know, maybe people have gotten hardened. Maybe people have de- grown dependent, you know, on a revenue stream. And then it it, it divorces it a little bit from the passion and the, the excitement. I'm not I'm not entirely sure about that. But, uh, you know, I, I want to embrace the pockets that are still Um, in that spirit of uh, you know positivity and um, connection and you know you it doesn't take long to notice that you know you (laughs) have a strike up a conversation with someone at a table I can generally figure out in a minute or two whether this is someone I want to you know develop a connection with or if this is someone that you know has no time and is clearly not sending signals of of being interested in anything other than a transaction and and you know there may be reasons for that, you know. I'm not here to judge anybody, but you kind of feel into that. You use your antenna, and you know, my general rule in life is kind of to stay away from negative energy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, on this one thirty-point post, uh, you know, Lane Pierce, who's the founder of the company, he was on this show. I just brought the episode up. I'm trying to see when when he was on with me. I, I don't know why I can't see the date here, but. This was episode 166, so we did 178, I think tonight. So it's not that long ago, late last year, and um, and I think part of that that comment that I'm referring to is just there's I think there's a there's a rising or there it, it's a risen sense of entitlement by by people who are are cer- a certain way, maybe brought up a certain way, or or you know just around people of a certain type. But I'm not I'm not saying it's horrible but i don't know i read that post and right away i just thought i don't know this guy's just off base and and if, if you were and, and like if you were to say that in person i'd probably even though i'm not lane pierce at 130 and lane won't say anything back because but i would probably say something like what are you talking about pal like you're, you're you're gonna this guy's out here apologizing that the free the free service that he's giving you isn't working right now and he's doing what he can to get it back online and you're going to kick salt in that wound like come on man come on like grow grow up you child sorry I'm, I'm, I'm the more I think about it the more it frustrates me all right well let's uh <laughs> with that I, there's some comments that have come in so let's go to the essential credentials that is Matt our, our guest on the the, the earlier show Joe, do you collect Stefford Clay? If so, what's it like to collect such a popular player in the craziest market of the four major sports?
1: So that's Matt asking that? Yeah. Well, thanks for the question, Matt. Appreciate it. And I uh, wanted to acknowledge also uh, your your appreciation of Dwayne Wade. I also uh, really like Dwayne Wade. I, I kind of wanted to hear if you had an exquisite, if, you, if you'd track down an exquisite RPA, Dwayne Wade. I've, i targeted that card for a while and I've got some, some weighed myself, uh, some flawless and stuff. I collect both Steph and Clay. Um, I've actually been kind of pretty, pretty equitable in it. Maybe more Steph early and more Clay later. Um, and part of that's just price point. Clay is still, um, highly affordable in relation to, you know, Steph because of Steph's, you know, greatness and, uh, the way that he's, um, Kind of taken off in the in the whole hobby. So um, more recently, I'd say I've probably been picking up more clay, um, smaller items, you know. Um, but uh, I love them both. And uh, just just the other day, I was actually going through my Warriors box, and I found a, a couple Steph and Clay cards, like uh, some weird absolute, you know, prime jerseys of them both. I, it made me realize, like I'd, I'd like to get a, a few more dual cards with both both of the splash brothers in them um, if possible, but uh, yeah, both. And in terms of the second part of the question, Matt, um, yeah, I mean, basketball has sort of uh, in some ways become a bit of the vanguard of, of the hobby, Um, the international appeal. um, You know, there's just a lot of interest there. It may have um, slowed down just a bit. And obviously there's kind of seasonal factors um, I think right now everybody's focused on baseball, at least it seems like everybody's talking about tops and those releases, but, um, yeah, I, you know, I, it, it, it it's funny because back in the, you know, early or late nineties, early two thousands, it was just so clear to me that basketball had a lot of room to grow, but, uh, I didn't do quite as much, um. To, to take advantage of that situation. But I mean, in, in my mind, I was just thinking, how can basketball be lagging far behind? But here we are at a point where um, I would agree with you. I think basketball's kind of in the vanguard of at least the ultra modern um, card collecting world.
0: Good. Good. Well, thanks for that. Thank you uh, for that question, Matt. Uh, on the previous topic we were mentioning Far from Pukin says a lot of the younger generation think they are entitled to everything and want stuff for free. Then they whine. If something doesn't work. Yeah. I've seen some of that. Saw some of that today. That's what I, that's what I'm talking about. Larry Morris says the messed up world. People don't appreciate things at times. Yeah, that's that, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. I, we're definitely seeing that rage says I'm here, fellas. Positive energy. Only period is the move. Unless bad energy comes my way. Then kaboom. No pun intended lights out. L O L, this is what the hobby is all about. Great people, love that. The cards first that have great passion on good conversation. Thanks, Jeremy, for all you do cheers, Joe. Thank you. Rage. Thank you very much. Rage for that. Uh GMoz says, Are you both still collecting vintage non-sports cards? So that yeah. tells me number one that first, I think am I pronouncing right GMOs. If not, it's it must be GMoz. But in any event. Good memory because I mean, I, yeah,
1: I was going to give give gold star
0: for GMOs for uh,
1: recollecting our our. I don't know what to say if it's a foray or not because I'm not quite sure, Jeremy. How how about you? Are you still collecting non uh, I mean, vintage uh vintage
0: non sports cards? I mean, like yeah, I'm still collecting them, but I haven't bought a card for a while. Uh, it's been months since I've added a card to that particular. Uh, PC within my collection, but I, I cherish them. I still enjoy them. I look at them. Um, but I haven't added anything for quite some time. But I'm on the lookout. I'm on the lookout to, to add more. There's a couple specific cards I'm looking for. Uh, and I'm just waiting for the right copy to come my way. And then there's a couple of like, you know, historical figures uh, or, uh, and uh, musicians that I'm looking for cards of. Uh, but I'm not uh, finding them yet, and I, I actually bid on a Jimi Hendrix card probably six weeks ago, f- four to six weeks ago. But I didn't, I didn't win it. I was, an, I was one of the underbidders. So the answer is yes. Um, the answer is yes. But I haven't picked up anything for, I don't know, probably five six months. I would say. Yeah, but but fun question. Thank you very much for that one. Goes on to let us know yes you are what is your favorite in your collection to both okay so gmoz is right favorite in our collection joe can i'm gonna have to go look at mine which i can do on my phone which is right here joe can you can you go first while i go look and pick out what one of my favorites is
1: yeah so i mean i i keep my big bangers in the safety deposit box and actually because i'm trying to get some uh bring a little something to the men i went by the safety deposit box uh, and I heard the question about the Ruths, uh, the Gaudi Ruths, and I um, I do. I have the yellow and the red uh, there in the safety deposit box. And so I would say, you know, they're just ones, one point, really nice presenting ones and 1.5s. 1. But uh, those two, um, Ruth. And then um, I've got the, uh, what is it, the 48 Bowman, 49 Bowman, 48 Bowman, Satchel Page. And these Jack aren't. But this isn't non-sport. He's asking
0: non-sport. Oh, in the non-sport genre. Ooh, okay. Okay. Uh... I found, you think for a sec, I found a couple. I mean, I've got, this folder of mine has 84 cards in it. Um, So I'm going to show two of my favorites just right now. We have a 1958 Dutch. This is a hand-cut card of james dean i mean come on look at that look at that thing like how cool he's got a cigarette hanging out of his mouth like yeah so that one my james dean and then this Marilyn, i think is just a beautiful card also a 58 dutch hand cut i just think it's like gorgeous i love it i love that i mean i've got you know i noticed that uh fowl five ball says i'm collecting vintage disney cards i got a sweet mickey tobacco card at the burbank show yeah i mean this is also one of my favorites is uh just this walt disney card from 1936 mitchell and son so one of the cards i'm looking for is that card that has walt disney with mickey mouse sitting on his lap in black and white that's a card that i'm looking for right now i'll I'll share that Uh, that's kind of pretty high on my list but I got, I mean, I, I also love this one here. Charlie Chaplin, 1930 Milhoff, like, yeah, cool. That is super cool. Super cool. Like, so I love this stuff and uh, I don't think, I just don't think that like Hollywood and rock and roll and historical figure cards get and get a proportionate amount of love. Not, it doesn't have to be by sports card collectors, but just by collectors of those things or fans of those things, of history, of music, of Hollywood, that's such a cool way to collect. But, hey, that's great for us because we can still buy them up relatively cheap. They went on a run a couple of years ago like everything else did, but probably now they're a lot more affordable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, and um, for me, it'd probably be, you know, John Lennon, uh, Bob Dylan, Jimi Hendrix, and uh, Stevie Wonder. Um, those, those would be in Madonna. Got mm-hmm. I've got a, a cool Madonna card and also a Marilyn Monroe. Um, yeah, those just, I guess, a little more music centric than, than the actors, but. Uh, There's my Madonna. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Madonna is one of those figures who, you know, because she's still actually out there. We may not have fully recognized her contributions and I'm no audiophile, but, uh, oh, that's good. That's good, yeah. The that's upside down left-handed guitar player. Yeah. So Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah I, think, I think, you know, I don't know if they have. Have they ticked down a little bit? Because, I mean, um, at the time that I was picking some up, I was just really impressed at the value you could get for, you know, PSA cased, uh, you know, late '60s, early '70s. Sam,
0: Sam, Sarlocker, <laughs> Sam Sam Samler, Samler, soccer, Samler, saker. It, it <laughs> Samler means saker. it mean. I think it just means collect collectible or something like that in Swedish.
1: Yep, yep. yep. So, anywho, yeah, um, they're fun, and uh, you know, I think I think over time, uh, you know, we were we were on Clubhouse today, and uh, marino you know david marino um we were talking a little bit about uh you know whether the boom has happened yet kind of gets to like what inning are we in again you know that 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 question that everybody was banding about and he was sort of proposing the idea that you know the because i was like didn't the boom happen in 2020 he's like no that was the bubble that was the bubble the real boom is is forthcoming because as um the amplification of of you know fanatics being able to reach so many people, he was feeling pretty confident that in you know the next year or two, there is going to be a, a more broadly, you know, of course the economy is the economy, but a more um, kind of broadly disseminated uh, uh, value proposition for the whole for the you know people to move into this space, and uh, so that that was intriguing to me. Um, you know, there's, there's different levers happening right now with with fanatics moving in, but the economy, you know, experiencing what it's experiencing and trying to kind of calibrate that um, to know where we are. I mean, that's a lot, of, I think, on a lot of collectors' minds right now. And, and the give and take of, as a collector, how much do you want the cards to come down so you can afford ones that you've been looking at? And then how much do you want the cards to stay stable or maybe, tick back up because, you know, and for some of us, those, those represent investments or things that, you know, at different moments we may, you know, not Matt, but other people may want to, you know, gently uh, titrate out of them just a little bit to either do things in their life or move into other assets um, that, that might, you know, might also be collectibles as well.
0: I mean, I think this fanatics looming over us uh, right now and where we are here in 2023 is something that everybody's kind of thinking about when I don't, I think we, you know, they talk about 10 xing the hobby at the TOPS conference a couple of weeks ago. I think a lot of people are banking on them blowing up the hobby. And there's some people that are skeptical and saying, well, I don't, I don't see it happening, but I just think back to 1990, 1991, everybody that I knew in my life, relatives, call like co-workers, schoolmates, their parents, their parents, friends, colleagues, schoolmates, like everybody collected cards, made a lot of sense because everybody loved your local sports team. So why wouldn't you collect cards? So why couldn't we get back to a place like that? I'm not saying we are, we aren't. I I don't know for sure. But as I, I'm bullish, I'm bullish on the hobby. Not only am I bullish on values, which I am, but I, I don't, I'm like 25 years out bullish. I'm just bullish on the excitement we're going to have over the next several years as these things play out. And we all get to observe from our own specific way of being a hobby participant.
1: What, what do you think of that question? What in you know, Rian? Do you,
0: do you sort of like, well, someone, yeah. I mean, I remember talking about this over two years ago now it's this, yeah. and the best response I ever heard to that was, Guys, it's not a baseball game because because if there's innings, it implies that there's an end to it, that the ninth inning is the end. There's no end to this. The end to this is the asteroid hitting our planet. Right. Like there's no or a pandemic that just wipes everybody out. There's no end to the hobby. As long as there's sports, there's cards, as long as there's humans, there's collectors. They're going to always find each other. So um, I, I but but in the spirit of the question, what do I think of that? I don't know because I don't, I can't see the future, you know, yeah. but I've been doing this for 40 plus years. So are we really in the second inning? No, we're not. We're probably more like in the fourth or the fifth. I'm because really there's only, you know, an inning lasts a certain amount of time. So 40 more years from now we're in the ninth inning is how I'm looking at, or at least my ninth, my ninth inning of my hobby experience. So, but Again, back to the spirit of the question, not making it about my timeline. I just don't know, Joe. What do you think? Yeah. What does the chat think? I don't know what inning we're in. Hey, yeah, Larry Morris right here. Everyone's in their own inning. That's exactly right. <laughs> I, exactly. Everyone's in their own inning. Rage says it's an infinite ping pong game. That makes sense too. Nick Martelli says my issue with Fanatics is across their product lines. They provide. Now there's plenty of poor quality control. The nice thing is that they acquired Tops, which is not fanatics. It's just not. It's a it's, it's an acquisition. Now they're going to have their impact on it. Will they? Will they focus on quality control? I mean, if they don't, the one I, this discussion recently came up somewhere too. Like yep. poor quality control in modern day cards is somewhat of a good thing from a value perspective. Right. If you think about back in the seventies and eighties, you could get an off center. You could get you could get you get your card totally miscut with part of the next card. You weren't phoning up tops or OPG and complaining and expecting them to send you a good copy. No, you took it and checked it off your checklist. And that was the end of it. So we're, we're, we're very spoiled right now and entitled a bit, but I think with the money we're paying, we have a bit more, uh, kind of reason and, and, uh, you know, just, uh, something to hang our hat on that we can go out and say, Hey, can you send me a better copy? Cause I just spent 150 bucks on this pack and you sent me a, a card or I missed a hit or whatever it is. So sorry, you looked like you want to jump in there. No, I mean, I remember this coming
1: up. I forget if it was in a, a regular show or w- w- how or when, when it got referenced. But um, I remember when you, you made that point about like, well, not everything's going to be a 10 and maybe there's a benefit to that because that is part of the ultra modern realm of collecting that, you know, you are looking, I mean, I I'll, I'll open some wax from time to time. I, I call you afterwards and say, Jeremy, I got hosed, but you know um, you know, it's fun. It's fun, you know, nothing too extravagant, but, and, and it's disappointing when you do hit a card, but there's, you know, a, a divot or, or some sort of surface or, or, or centering, um, and yet, you know, occasionally you hit a card and it's bang on and you're like, Ooh, that's so, um, obviously we know the, you know, the differences between a nine and a 10 and all that. And, and I think there's something, I think that's, a there's, there's joy to that. Now, if it's a six or a seven, and it's just a horrendous, you know, some, some crazy thing going on with the card. Well, that's, that's, you know, egregious, but you know, the differences between an eight, nine, and 10. I mean, that's part of what you're looking for. You're looking for the, oyster, uh, the pearl and the oyster, and then you're also looking for a really nice pearl, right? Not all pearls are the same.
0: So. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's really well said. Not all pearls are the same. Like I like to say, not all 10s are the same. Not all, not all nines are the same. Uh, okay, we got, we got lots of comments I want to touch on. First of all, Toledo Silver, uh, good to see you. Thanks for the comment, really appreciate that. Larry says, uh, how long have you been living in Cali, Joe? And do you have memories of the World Series earthquake at Candlestick? Uh, my whole life I've been living in Cali. I mean,
1: except when I went to grad school in Montana and I, I did a, a year out on the East Coast, uh, sort of a, in, in undergrad. But um, yeah, I do have a memory. It, it's funny. I, I was actually um, traveling that day because I was a younger person at that time And I was going down to, I lived in the East Bay, Oakland, and I was going down to see my dad in San Diego at the time. And the earthquake hit five Oh seven, I think it was. And uh, we were just about to leave for the airport. And my mom, you know, after, you know, we were somewhat used to earthquakes growing up in Northern California. Um, Wasn't the first one we felt, but that was particularly a big one. And so, um, she's like, well, we're still going to the airport. Of course the the airport's still And We were driving through, we were going the back way to the Oakland airport and everybody was out of the buildings and we could smell gas and people looked really scared. And I was like, mom, I don't know. I mean, do you think the planes and we, we got to the Oakland airport and they were like, nope, (laughs) no flights leaving today. So, uh, went home and, um, or actually we didn't even go home. We went to some friends' houses in the Oakland Hills and, you know the power was out so i didn't get to see i guess the world series was canceled that day but mm-hmm. uh, yeah have a pretty vivid memory of uh of that particular day and uh, did a lot of devastation a lot of people um you know had some trauma from that uh emotionally speaking it was it was a significant enough earthquake where i, I remember some of my friends um especially east coast transplants decided to like head back they was like i'm not going to be in around here for another earthquake <laughs>
0: No doubt. No doubt. Jay Giuliano says, fun conversation. Is Jimi Hendrix vintage for non-sports? In other ways, is vintage sports different in terms of time period considers than vintage non-sports? Well, Jay, in my opinion, it's the same. To me, vintage, vintage, there's a range when vintage ends for me. I mean, I've said it's 89 is the end of vintage, but I'm willing to bend a bit and come back a bit earlier. So uh, for certain things, but to me, when I think of vintage non-sport, I'm thinking about really cards up until really about the 70s, uh, 80s non-sport. And by non-sport, I'm talking about like like Hollywood music historical figure cards. I'm not talking about Marvel or Garbage Pail Kids or those sorts of things. So Hendrix, I mean, the Hendrix card I showed you, I think is from the like the late 60s. Um, so to me that's vintage like that what joe is showing to me is not vintage okay uh, non-sport i don't think that's, consider, what that's, ask that's you like so pro set, set era that's that's junk wax era okay but yeah. it's it's but it's not that's I, I mean, yeah, cool that's really tom, real. that's tom petty someone just mentioned tom petty in the in yeah. the chat here well i think i'm gonna get to that one uh mark says joe do you have any acdc with bond scott kiss judas priest i don't think you do do you
1: I don't. I I would. I I've looked for some Angus Young cards. Um, you know, in the short shorts, Aussie Aussie, but no, I don't have any.
0: Thank you, Giamas, for uh, complimenting my cards. Chad Shipper in the house. Good to see you, Chad. As always, right. I'm sure we'll see you soon at an upcoming show. Um, I'm calling you. Karen says the interest passion for non sports icons tends to be slightly less intensive than for sports, although the converse can sometimes apply in other genres such as type one photos so yeah that's really interesting and slightly less intensive or even like like more than slightly i don't like i don't know many people collecting them now they do sell like these cards that I, I have competition when i'm buying these cards and i have over the past four i don't know when i started probably in 2019 buying these cards so the last 3 4 years um, but i get what you're saying and i don't see the this comment in particular, the interest, passion, I'm only seeing it from a few people that also collect sports cards, but I don't travel in circles with people who only collect those. So I don't know what they're all about. I haven't entered that community yet. I don't even know if there is one. Now I want to find out. So maybe I will. And Joe, I'll let you know, cause I know you have a similar interest and I'm sure I'll talk about it here for anybody else who has an interest. We can come back to that, but uh, thank you for the comment, yep. Karen Krilly. Uh, okay, Rage says, Hendrix is the goat on guitar. Him, Slash, and Stevie Ray Vaughan, and that's coming from a hip-hop head. Yeah, I hear you on... I mean, you can't forget about Ingve Malmsteen, though, right? Who, who'd have thought that Jeremy Lee would mention Yngwie Malmsteen? But here you're hearing it from me. Um, there's another all-time great on guitar. Beavis Cards says, Cool thing about non-sports is discovering all the oddball sets I never knew existed. Just found out about a late 70s Tom Petty, that is now on my list. You just mm. showed a Tom Petty card, Joe. What a coincidence! That yeah. is, and yeah, that's that is one of the cool. And hey, guys, but you know what, guys, I'm finding that in sports cards too. I'm still discovering cards I never knew existed in sports cards. Forty plus years being a crazy card guy, and I'm still finding out some new. Some I'm still finding some new cards. Do you Do you have any? Um, so the the two, the
1: two goats i guess you could say um that i don't have represented in my collection that i want represented are muhammad ali and
0: pele do you have either
1: one of those in represented in your collection
0: i do uh, not pele but i do have i have muhammad ali i picked up this kind of oddball card uh and the reason, I'll,
1: as you're looking for it, the reason I mention it is because they, they kind of, in my mind at least, travel and somewhat, they're not musicians, obviously, but they do emerge in those, you know, as Beavis's, Beavis Cards is saying, these oddball sets, right? Like some of these Pele's and some of these Muhammad Ali's, like they're not sets that I'm familiar with. So um, in my mind, even though they're athletes, they, they kind of have some sort of cross-pollinization with, with the musician cards.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So in my, the way I organize my collection, you know, I've got, I've got my basketball cards in a folder of images, my baseball, my football hockey's split up into many different folders. That's and then right. I've got non-sport and miscellaneous, and then I've got miscellaneous sports. So that is, that includes this card here. It's the 1960. And I mean, I beavis, like, have you heard of this? Cause I'd never seen, I've seen one since I bought this and I bought this last year at the local show. This is a 1966 DC Thomson Hornet. That's the name of the brand. It's called the Gallery of Sport. Again, it's hand cut, Cassius Clay. It's a VG3 by PSA, but I mean, I, I've looked at it. It looks really, really nice. It's, a, big, it's an, a bit of an oversized card, as you can tell by the holder. But this Very is my nice. this is my one and only uh, Muhammad Ali Cassius Clay piece in my collection, and it's 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 really cool. Like, it's I think it's just a great image of him. Like. You see exactly what he looks like. You got it, you know, you got it's going to be sound weird to say. You got a bit of the upper body in the, in the, so you can see just how thick the guy was as a, t- as a boxer. And so, yeah, I, uh, that, that's my one, my one Muhammad Ali card. Nice one. And I like, I like that it's Cassius Clay, you know, that that's the name on it.
1: Yeah. And, and I'm curious to see. I mean, so this is, I, I was kind of keeping half an eye out at the Burbank show for, There was a Pele that I was kind of had my eye on and I just, I don't know much about them. I mean, all you can do is kind of plug it into your, your various, you know, price applications and comps, you know, whether it's one thirty point or center stage or whatever, and, you know, draw up the, uh, the Intel, but uh, I'm so unfamiliar with what they sell and they seem to be so wide ranging. I mean, there's, it seems like there's a ton of different issues of, pele and muhammad ali once you really go into um that area so i uh i i, I defer I, I need to talk that's maybe something i'll do at the mint is really try and dive in deep with uh, some some dealers and just get their sensibilities like if you were going to get one each of those two
0: in an affordable way not in a break the bank way where, where might you go yeah i know even just from doing the uh just doing the the PWCC premiere coverage that I do with Adam, which we just did on Thursday. There was the there was the the Hemet's Journal card, which is the Muhammad. I think that is. Sorry, I'm confused now. Is that Muhammad Ali or Pele? That's Muhammad Ali. The Hemet's Journal. Is it him or Pele? I'm confused now. I, I'm anyway, like, someone in the in the chat can let me know. The Hemet's yeah. Journal card is like a big card for. I think it's I think it's Muhammad Ali. Or is it Pele? I'm totally confused. Could be both. <laughs> yeah, it could be both. I think it's Ali. But in any event, like that's an that's the card, but it's right. an expensive card to get into. Like even right. in low grade, you're in the thousands of dollars. So right. Uh, okay, let's go to some comments here. Uh, Mark says, "I want to say the bottom of the six, Just my guess. That's a good guess. Larry's in the thirteenth inning himself. I think that makes sense. Mitch says, "As a hockey collector, it's very exciting to me." We're talking about fanatics now. We'll get all the new hype for collecting cards from the marketing without any of the issues that seem to be associated with Fanatics because, again, in hockey, we are not upper deck. Our our main hockey card manufacturer is not under the Fanatics banner like Topps is, uh, at least for now, and I don't think they ever will be. Yankees fan, great show, guys. Thank you, Yankees fan. I have been buying music cards the last few years. I love hearing that. I love it for the same reasons I've been collecting sports cards for decades. History. Yes. I think Joe and I are both right there with you, Yankees fan. It's about the history. It's about important historical figures from not just sports. Sports, music, Hollywood. And then just like, you know, Einstein and presidents and explorers and inventors. And like, who's to
1: say a hundred years from now? that those cards might not be more coveted than all but the most elite, you know, the Jordans, you know, obviously, but you're pulling out a John Lennon, you know, cause people are, I, I'm pretty sure people are still going to be listening to the Beatles a hundred years from now.
0: I'm not sure if they're going to know who Zion Williamson is. Right. Not- right. Exactly. Exactly. We were talking about this the other night on, on an episode I forget who the athlete was we were talking about. I think it was like Kevin Durant or someone like that. Maybe even not quite Kevin Durant. Maybe it was um we were comparing Luca to somebody. I forget who it was, but like are these players oh oh crap no just oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. But the, the 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 discussion was like 25 50 years from now who's going to be remembered or are are these is it going to be the top top like Michael Jordan for sure. Right. Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Dr. J probably will Chamberlain like, you know, these uh, Bill Russell, I'm just using basketball here. I think those guys are going to be remembered like forever, but everyone I didn't almost everyone I didn't mention. There's more of course, but like, are they going to be Steph Curry? I think will be remembered. He changed the game, your guy. And I, I, but I mean that, but you know, is is Giannis going to be there? Is oh, tough to say at this point. I think your point is right, though. People are always going to be listening to John Lennon music, always, like forever. That's going to be studied in universities and music schools. But who's gonna, who's gonna, like, is Mike Trout even going to be remembered that far down the road? I don't know. Well, it's y- y'all were talking a little bit about this, you and Matt.
1: Um you know, when and how you might cull through your collection, Matt, not so much, but you from time to time going through and figuring out which cards you're maybe you don't need to hold, you know, you want to do something else with them. And that's been that's been one of the paradoxes for me, um, especially with, say, T206 cards, um, the old tobacco cards, like, I've got a Walter Johnson, I've got a Cy Young, I've got a Ty Cobb, all very low condition, by the way, but I also have, you know, players that are more off the radar, not off the radar. If you're a baseball history buff, you know, Rube Waddell or Eddie Plank, you know, Hall of Famers, you know, put up some great numbers, but I wonder to myself, you know, about in 15 to 30 years, if anyone's going to care about anyone but the true, you know, the, the Ty Cobbs and, and, you know, the, the the Honus Wagners, the players that really have the the high level name recognition. And it makes me sad that they might not. And at the same time, I'm thinking, you know, in terms of when there are moments when I'm trying to generate a little bit of capital to maybe do something else, you know, get into a different card, whatever it is um, where that that's, kind of where I want to liquidate while there are still people that are, you know, are aware and appreciate who Eddie Plank is, you know, because I don't know in 20 years if people will appreciate who Eddie Plank is.
0: One thing I think to alleviate some of that concern, and I'm not saying that that people will remember Eddie Plank, but there's always people that are interested in history. And, and as long as sport is around, people are always going to be interested in the history of sport. So they'll go back and then they'll create their checklists of of mementos they want related to these pioneers and others who, who changed the face of sport or you know, the first goalie to wear a goalie mask or you know, the, the first guy to perfect the three pointer or to, to make it a, you know, the Steph Curry's of the world. Of course, Michael Jordan, those players that, that transcend sport. I mean, right. really there aren't a lot of them, but Michael Jordan, I think Michael Jordan at the end of the day will be the number one, most revered, a valued athlete of all, of all, Pele, Muhammad Ali, Wayne Gretzky, uh, yep. Honus Wagner, Babe Ruth. I think Michael Jordan is going to be the ultimate yep. athlete remembered, and I don't know that anyone else is 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 going. I don't know anyone else who's playing right now that could that could uh, usurp him from that position in my head at least. But yep. okay, let's do some more comments here. Mark says, for baseball, vintage ends in 1980. I mean, personally it doesn't for me, Mark. It ends after like 88, but that's just me. No Fleer or Donruss, but 81, there was Fleer. And... Sure, but you were still getting packs of gum, gum in packs until you got away from that and changed out of wax. Anyway, uh, but for music, don't know when vintage ended. Mitch says, Ingve is the man. Yeah, I, I'll admit, guys, in like grade, grade 8, grade 9, grade 10, you know, for me in the 80s, I was I was a bit of what they were, what, what we called uh, headbangers. I actually had hair back in those days, so I could bang my hair around a little bit and listen to the heavy metal. Uh, Nick says Panini has some cool, like 80 sticker sets of music stars, and some of the photos look so cool. Yeah, the, the, the Madonna I showed a few minutes ago was from one of those uh, Panini sets, Nick. Mark says Hendrix, Vaughn, and Rhodes, do you know what the 19th is? All goats. Larry says, what year is the Ali? The Ali, Larry, was 1966 that I showed. That was a 1966. Gma's is nice clay. I have the 65 Perfetti Lambo Cassius Clay. I, I I don't know what that looks like, but I'd love to see it. Sounds really cool. Triple V has a 78 Dutch gum black Sabbath in high grade. One of my favorite non-sports cards. So that's an Aussie card, right? I mean, that, that that's an Aussie card right there. How awesome is is that? Like, I think that's wicked. Uh, Karen says because of soccer's global reach and Pele being the global icon of 60s and 70s, there are countless Pele issues from, say, many different European countries. Yeah, that's what you were saying before, Joe. This is in response, and I—that's the truth. I, my understanding is that the hobby is still discovering more soccer soccer issues from the past. So that that's uh, that's what happens. Dave Kaplan, like, 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 you got nothing better to say than flames lose. That that's your that's that's your best comment of the night. And by the way, that's good. I want the flames to lose. I want a full rebuild. So the more yep. they lose, the better for me because that 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 that's what I'm looking for. '90s hockey collector. My answer to that is yes, I own. I can't speak for everyone in the chat, but I personally do own an Einstein card. Let me find it. I'll show it to you guys. Right now, it's in my historical figures folder. It's from the... So organized. So organized. I'm so, I'm so organized right now with my collection. Let me just... uh Because it's a horizontal, so let me unlock my phone. This is from 1961. Leaf Sales confectionery Famous Dis... What's D-I-S? Famous Discoverers and Adventurers is what it would be. Mm-hmm. Einstein. It, listen, it's not... I'd like to. I'd like to sort of upgrade my Einstein card. I don't love it, but I. But the back, which I can't show you, is a wealth of information. But that's my current Einstein card in my collection. Got the hair. You can feel the brain power emanating. I'd rather get into like a card from the '30s of him. That's an actual image of him, an actual photo right. Right. versus a, an art piece. Yeah. But for now, that's what that's- I have. And when I replace it, I might move this. But. The back is got so much text on it that like there's just so much cool historical information on it. Uh, Jake Dahl, the Beatles will will be remembered for generations, like forever. Like we're still talking about Beethoven, right? Like forever the Beatles will be remembered in my in my mind, as will some as, as will Elvis Presley and other pioneers. Right. Just like in sports, just like in sports. Vintage Card says, vintage non-sport has a big future as the cards become more well-known. The 1931 Disney and Mickey is an example. I said earlier, I don't know if you heard me, Vintage, that's high on my list right now. Yeah. I know a lot, the price of that has gone up recently. So let's yep. keep it between you, me, Joe, and the 50 people watching right now. We'll get our copies, guys, but let's keep it quiet because I, I don't want to pay for the, through the nose for it. Uh, goes on to say, I like the tobacco cards because of the history with baseball. Yeah, I agree with that. Mark Santucci says, will Led Zeppelin be remembered for generations? I think so. I mean, Stairway to Heaven, that one song. And I liked all Led Zeppelin 1, 2, 3, and 4. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've listened to those albums. And Led Zeppelin, I started with Led Zeppelin 4, and then I went back to the, to the first three and listened to them and then kept going after that. But I think, I think that um, Stairway to Heaven is, is an all-timer. It's just an all-time beautiful song. But time will tell. Jake Dahl, I like collecting non-sport entertainment cards. They're fun to collect. Hey, fun being the key word right there. Kootenai cards, how old do things have to be just to be cool that they are that old? Mm-hmm. All people with are cards are cool now. How old does it have to be so that it's cool despite what it is, just that it's old? Not sure. Good question, though. Good question. <laughs> okay. I would say at least
1: the 70s That for me.
0: Fair. 70s. Jay says Einstein versus Zion John Moran versus Superman tough choice in this one Luca versus Walt Disney yeah I, I like this I that this is fun <laughs> this is these are fun <laughs> comparisons to make GMOs is my female favorites I collector Julie Driscoll albums and cards and Louise Brooks cards and photo. I gotta admit I, I'm not familiar with either of those ladies GMOs um, but hey wonderful wonderful triple v says i'm looking for some low-grade plank if you're moving one there okay you, you might have a buyer right there uh, Aaron says plank is key given scarcity yep yeah. so will be relevant to the extent of set collectors so that's a thing as time goes by will there still be people like literally 40 years from now let's say collecting the t206 set or will they just collect the Ty Cobbs, the Chrissy Matthewsons, the Cy Youngs, the Honus Wagners, and then like the Lejois and the Planks and those rarer pieces. I don't know the answer. I think you'll see fewer and fewer. But for the sake of maintaining history, someone's going to have to own the cards that exist. Because they do exist. And no one's going to ever let them go for really cheap unless there's literally no interest in them. So I don't know. What do you think? Um.
1: I don't know either. I can't tell the future. What, what, what that brought up. So the reason I'm selling one of my planks, I think it's actually an American Carmel, not a T206 is because I have doubles of it. And that's a little bit of what I do in my collection is I kind of gravitate towards the cards that I might have two of. And I was going to ask you this, Jeremy, um, do you like getting doubles of cards? And if so, what leads into that or, or why don't you? Um, I've noticed that I, I have a tendency to stack uh, th- through the course of my collecting. There are times when maybe it's the same card comes up and it's a better copy or a better price. And I just, or I just think it's a really cool card. And I know that maybe eventually I'll sell one and keep the other, but do you, do you do that um, doubles thing?
0: I mean, I have doubles of some cards for Gretzky rookie. I've got a handful Bobby or rookie. I've got a handful. Those are investments. Those are not, I only need one for my collection, my extras. Well, Gretzky, maybe not my Bobby or like, I don't need multiple copies of Bobby or so I would say my doubles are, are investment holdings for me, right. which I think have good value. Uh, But you know, for like, for example, I have a 48 leaf Jackie Robinson. Do I covet a second copy? No, I do not need a second copy. I used to have two Jean Belliveau rookies. I sold one. So I only needed one of them. Modern cards, you know, Dale Howard, Chuck limited logos from 2013 or 2012, the cup, about like 13 of them, hmm. you know, kind of the hoarded, the hoarding gene yep. kicks in. They're yep. all a little bit different because they're patches. So they're, you know, they're all a bit different, even though they're the same card, they're just, you know, they're serially numbered. And so, but, generally no i'm not looking for doubles of cards i'd rather take the money and buy a card i don't already have well what i've
1: observed also from your collecting is you're you're somewhat picky i mean you're 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 not going to bring in a card that bothers you you know you're not going to settle at this point on a card that maybe has a print dot near the face or something anything if there's any red flag it's like i'll just wait um that's, you know, your discernment uh, I've found. I've learned from you because I've, I've settled uh, quite a bit. A lot of times just because, you know, I don't have as much money and it's like I want to get in the card. I mean, you guys, you and Adam were sort of talking about that uh, the other night. And, um, you know, I think that's a really interesting question of like getting into a card that you really like um, where the price point for a better copy is going to maybe be cost prohibitive. Versus, like, if I can't get a copy that I'm really going to cherish, I'd rather
0: not have the card at all. That's where I'm at. I will be patient. It's cost me a lot of money. My Willie Mays, I waited 14, 15 years to find the right copy, and I, you know, I paid double what I could what I could have paid for a card that was two grade points higher in 2008. So it comes, you know, there's the there's the pros and the cons with waiting. But at the end of the day, you got to be happy with what you have. Right. and times to times they are a change and so even though I spent more money I think my money is is well spent and now I have this collectible that I love and I'm going to cherish for the next 25 years
1: and and I mean that's the whole point right if you're if you're into the appreciation of the card and of course it's an asset too and a, probably other people will appreciate the aesthetics of you know a really good 4 I think that's what your maze was right a 4 um you know, that's going to translate down the road as well, but it's, it's sort of like, why bother getting something that's got just something that's always going to, every time you look at it, it's like, Oh, that's, that's that great card, but Oh, there's that scuff Mark or, you know, and certain things bother certain people and not others. Right. Like mm-hmm. I don't mind in the least a little paper loss on the back. To me, that's a, a, a golden opportunity to get into something.
0: Um, but especially you know, if it's in like a PSA one holder right. or an SGC one holder, and you can get that, and the card presents well, it's like it's like the the thumbtack hole in a card. You give me one that presents like a seven, but has a thumbtack hole in it. It's priced like a one or a, or a, a, an expensive one. Yep. Talk to me, talk to me. That's what I. That's what that's what I want. Okay, let's keep on going here. Lots of comments that we want to get to. So the next one, uh, Mark Santucci says, will Steve Carlton, Jim Palmer, and Raleigh Fingers be remembered from for generations? No, they will not be, Mark. I'm pretty certain. Remembered by some people, but important in the hobby? No. Nope. D- and I say that like I know, but that's just my feeling. If anyone disputes that, please feel free. I, I'm, I'm not, like, going to come at you hard. Well, I just as as like an A's that. fan, I'll, I'll say Raleigh might be, just for the mustache, though. Decoy cards, Messi may be the only athlete that will challenge MJ. I don't think it's even close because at the end of the day, the sports card, are we talking about the hobby or are we talking about athletes in general? Two different things, but I, I just don't think so because Jordan has that tie-in to the, to the Jordan brand. And I don't, know, I don't know what Messi's endorsements are. I'm sure he's got humongous ones, but he does, are his, is his name on every kid's foot around the world. That's what separates Michael Jordan is that Nike, that Nike deal. I, I believe continuing on. Uh, well, I, I'm just
1: going to throw in, I wouldn't say it's not close, but I grant you Jordan's more it's, it's the cultural moment as well as, as you're saying,
0: the the, the whole advent of the explosion of the Jordan brand. Um, well, the but, other thing is Pelé. I mean, Pelé is like the soccer goat and, he doesn't try, he doesn't eclipse Michael Jordan in just worldwide import. Well, maybe I can't say worldwide, I'm gonna limit it to the hobby. In hobby importance, Messi will never touch Michael Jordan, and it won't. I don't think it'll be close. I just don't personally. I might be wrong, but you know, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong on that. Uh, Nick wants to know if I started prepping for expo. Uh, yeah, I have started prepping for expo. I'm excited for it, Nick. Look forward to seeing you there. 90 says thanks for showing the einstein jeremy i was looking for one as a gift to my best man he's a physics professor very cool very cool gift jay owns 12 einstein cards i collect inventors i think that's so cool jeremy raised a great point look at the back of the cards yes guys the back of the cards on these historical cards are awesome most of them Uh, look at the back stories are fantastic if you turn over the card for some of them Uh, decoy speaking to kootenai comment about things being old and cool maybe upper deck should release another champ set that includes more dinosaur bones speaking of dinosaur bones speaking of dinosaur bones i have one right here guys it's on my desk champs fall the woolly mammoth femur decoy cards were you expecting to see have me show this today i've had this for a long time i I think i picked it. it was in a collection i bought a couple years ago joe my son, you know, he just turned four. He's all about dinosaurs. I like, I'm gonna make sure I don't sell this. I'm keeping this for my son as he goes to he'll take it to show and tell at school. Like that's how cool is that? I'm gonna make my wait, wait. What is it a is it a, a piece of the dinosaur bone? What's yeah. going on there? It's a woolly mammoth femur. It's a piece of the femur bone from a woolly mammoth. Get out. Yeah, it came out of an upper deck product. Like, you know, it's not super thick, but it's thick and it's embedded in there from upper deck champs. Upper deck puts out some cool stuff international natural good to see you welcome says i've got a set of Allen and ginter and the celebrities are all boxers billiard players etc i think that's really cool i have i've got some binders you can sort of see them like right there and they've got those are all my cards that are not scanned and there's a bunch of things in there but i do have some pages in one of those binders of miscellaneous historical figure cards out of champs and Allen and ginter boxes that i've Base card, just base cards, but they're literally in there for educational, historical purposes for my kids and for me, just to go look at them and show them to my kids when they're older. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh Jay, okay, you guys are talking about Einstein there. Uh Toledo Silver says the search is a big part of the passion. Yep, no doubt about that at all. GMA says the 1962 Mars attack set is very colorful and becoming popular and quite, yeah, I mean, there's that martian kidnaps the woman card i forget the actual name of it but that is the card that everybody wants if you want to get a piece of that mars attack set that's the key card i'd never owned one but i've i've been on them before gmos and i think they're really really cool do you know the card joe it rings a definite bell
1: and i'm i'm trying to kind of i mean it's probably connected with the whole phenomenon of you know the martians are here the martians are coming but well it's 1962 right yeah.
0: Yeah. So I don't have that card, but I have a, I, I I'm going to show you this card. This is, this is pretty cool. I picked this up locally. I think I have a scan of it. I hope I do. Okay. I'll, I picked this up locally at a show from the artist who actually uh, painted it. So I'm giving you a bit of a preview here. It's a, okay. I'm going to find it here now. Where is it? Where is it? Here we go. So this is a, this this is, Geomazzle will recognizes it. That's kind of what it looks like. Mars attacks the revenge. This is the revenge. Here the woman is punching out the Martian. So I bought this off a, an artist who was selling them at a local card show before the pandemic. probably picked this up in 2019, early 2020. I think I, I don't know what I paid. It wasn't expensive, like under 50 bucks, but I thought it was cool. So I, I have it. But that's that's a that's kind of like a spoof on the card that Giamas or the key card from the set that Giamas is referring to here. Lapper in the house, Aaron. Good to see you. Always late to the party. Well, you know how you know how this works. You can always rewind, but always good to see you. Eric says Alan Ginter has dinosaur cards. Very good. Very good. Jacob Dahl says uh, 1938 Horrors of War, a popular set too. Yeah, it's a popular set. That set has some pretty graphic. Images in it, Uh, it's got, you know, cards of of the man whose name I don't want to say. Yeah. Yankees fan says, Jeremy, love the headbanging comment. All this collecting brings us back to our younger years. I still headbang to keep me alive. Yankees fan nails it here saying, all this collecting brings us back to our younger years. What that is called nostalgia. That's the nostalgia. That's what drives all of this. Yankees fan, I believe. I think that's what you're getting at for me. Nostalgia is what drives everything that brings us here today. I mean, there's some other things now, but for me, I don't think I'm a collector. If I wasn't opening up packs in the, in the, in the eighties and building complete sets of Opeachi hockey and Topps baseball, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm here right now. If I didn't have the eighties under, under my collecting belt.
1: When you and Matt were talking earlier on, uh, you know, the regular show, uh, that's what was kind of coming to my mind because of Matt's passion. I was thinking, what are the cards that I'm most passionate about? And they're not necessarily, I mean, yes, I have, you know, some Curry cards. I I collected Hank Aaron um, when I was much younger. Um, But I think probably the cards that I have the strongest emotional attachments to are the ones that I picked up very early on right and you know in some cases there there may be like vg clemente you know like a vg clemente 19 you know 58 card they're not even necessarily that valuable but i they bring me back to the moment of going to a convention you know when i was 16 years old and buying a you know a a back then even it was a vintage card and just that memory that's associated with it for me as a collector, right? I mean, I didn't get to see Clemente play. Mm-hmm. Do you Do you have cards that aren't necessarily, I mean, they might be pack pulled, but they might also be something that you got so early on in your collecting journey that they remind you of being a collector
0: in your your teens or your early 20s. Lots, like lots, man. Like yeah. name, a, name a rookie from the, 80s in hockey baseball although i've kind of and in some of these cases though i've like you know disposed and reacquired you know sort of right. thing or or upgraded more or less upgraded like but yeah like a steve eiserman rookie a joe montana rookie i remember i remember my buddy's name is austin we, we used to go to the, the card shops together this guy, this guy should have been a pitcher. His name's Austin Blank. Lives in Toronto area. He sh- just his name, like what a great, what a great name for a baseball player, Austin Blank, right? Austin and I used to go to the card shop on the weekend in Winnipeg, and we would spend the afternoon there. He loved. He was a baseball guy. He had a football guy. I was mostly hockey. But the Joe Montana rookie, I remember him having it and showing it to me, and then I started watching. I mean, this is when Joe Montana was watching Super Bowls a few couple of years later. I remember watching and like a Joe Montana rookie. There's so much nostalgia for me in the Joe Montana rookie. You know, the Ken Griffey Jr. upper 89 upper deck, a little bit later, but still tons of nostalgia. Eiserman, Mario Lemieux, Luke Robotai, Patrick Waugh, Mark McGuire, Greg Maddox, Bo Jackson. I mean, I was Magic Johnson, Larry Bird card. We it came up on it came up on Thursday night. I, I bought that rookie. On whose birthday? Alex is Alex, I don't know if he's watching. Or not. He 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 his, he was born the day that Magic announced he had HIV. Also, mm-hmm. the day I went and bought my Magic Johnson Larry Bird rookie, oh, November seventh, wow. nineteen ninety one, something like that. Wow. So, um, yeah, there's I have nostalgia in so many of my cards. So even my even the George Vezina that I showed on the earlier episode, I bought that over fifteen years ago. Now it's a long right. time. I have and nostalgia in that. And and it's
1: it's sort of like, okay, there's the nostalgia of like the player, the set, the card, the year. There's also the nostalgia of your own collecting moment, right? The moment for you that you decided to buy that card, which might not have been nineteen eighty, right? It was in your case the moment Magic announced he had AIDS, which was what, was that like ninety two or something? Ninety
0: one. I think it was November seventh, nineteen ninety one, if I can remember the comment from Thursday night's episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's
1: and so those cards I mean there's an extra layer right it's not even just that issue per se but it's your relationship to how you and when you acquired that card. I had a I found a um a Jose Canseco Star Rubies card numbered numbered to 50 um, that I didn't even know I had. I was going through like shoe boxes And those star rubies cards, you know, they've, they've kind of, I mean, certainly in basketball, they've blown up, I think it's 97. I want to say 97. And it's funny because um, like I thought to myself, Oh wow, this is like found money. And I, you know, I, I put it up on eBay and everybody's making offers, but you know, I put it at a pretty exorbitant price and I'm, I'm reaching the conclusion that I actually just don't want to sell the card. Because, you know, everybody's mentioning comps and I'm like, yeah, I, I understand. I'm sorry. Maybe I just don't want to sell this card because it's not that I pulled it out of a pack. I did pull it out of a dollar box probably in 2001. Right. And it just got just got thrown in there because it's like, well, it's, you know, Jose Canseco and it's got a little extra like glitter on it. But it wasn't something that was you know going to be
0: put in the case per se. It was just going
1: in the dollar box.
0: Yeah, that's uh, I get it. I, I get I get that nostalgia <clears throat> that's attached to something like that. Uh, GMO says I love that revenge card. So Giamas, I'm gonna here. I just I'm just kind of flicking through this album that I keep, and uh, here's the back of the, of that revenge card. It's it's actually a tops card. Uh, it says mm-hmm. the artist signature as you can see there. But I I remember buying this from the artist, and he said that when he when he made cards for tops, they gave him some blanks. And he could do whatever he want with he could he was able to do whatever he wants with them. So I bought this one. I also you'll also recognize this one, or it's pretty cool. But I got I bought this off him too. Mars attacks the revenge. Look at that drawing. I mean, that's just so darn cool. I just I think it's awesome. The artist's name is Matt, I think it's Matt. Looks like looks like Matt Stewart. Mm-hmm. I believe is his name. Uh, so that I mean, really really cool. There's a question that just came in here. From Jay, I'm a bit of a different collector. I collect cards of dogs. Anyone have any pre-1940 cards of St. Bernard, small cult of dog collector cards out there? I don't, Jay, but I think, I don't know that I still have, I don't think I still have this, but it's, I probably just got rid of it at some point. But I did have this card at one time, the Canine Companions, the, what is that? That's a Clumber Spaniel card. So that comes out of, uh, what's that out of? Upper Deck, uh, Goodwin Champions. And actually, I, I have a I have a, a, a cat card. Where's my cat card? It's right there. That's a card of a cat because I used to own, I used to have a, a pet cat, and that's the <laughs> that's a, 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 a That's a goodwin card of the same breed of cat that I had. So I kept it in, in memoriam of my cat Momo.
1: Momo.
0: says the 1954 Tops world on wheels wheels cards are cool too, colorful. Not too expensive, yeah. Those are awesome. They've got like these two colors, like a color up here and a color down here. They're almost, uh, uh, they're very bright colors, like vibrant. Uh, I can't remember the word I'm looking for for them, um, but they're they're really nice. And actually, I don't know if if you knew this, GMOS, but Tops recently, that you can see them on their website right now. They've done a throwback. I think it's a Thursday throwback card using the World of Wheels design. For baseball players. So if that interests you, check it out. There, they, they took that. That design looks awesome on sports cards too. But the World of Wheels from 1954. If any, no one's seen them, go look at them. If you like cars, you can find the car that you love and buy that card. Really, really cool. Have you have you seen those, Joe, or heard of them? No, no. Let me find one. I'm just going to do a quick search and find one just to show you guys what these things look like. That that uh, that GM Oz is pointing out because I've looked at these. You'll sometimes see these at card shows where people they're not like graded in slabs, they're usually in binders. 1954, I mean, 1954, guys, keep in mind that's the same year of tops, the tops baseball. Here's the Chevy, the 1954 Corvette. Okay, mm. like this is like, look how cool that is. Pastels, oh. I think that's the word I was looking for earlier. Pastel oh. colors, like, look at. Come on, Joe. Wouldn't you want to have that card? Or the car. Yeah. Or the car. Well, that's why, right? I mean, that's yeah. yeah. yeah I don't beautiful. know how many cards are in the set. Is that what that color is? Do they do they give that color? Is that like a lime, lime green color there? Or I don't see the color. I don't see that. But it's, just to show you guys a couple more, here's a here's a Reeves. Like this is. Come on. There we go. Like. Oh yeah. See the, the 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 two-tone kind of background. Yeah, really, really neat. There's there's just that's the thing about what our hobby guys. There's so many different things that you can collect. You gotta focus somewhat. You know, we talked on the earlier show with Matt about being focused and setting goals, but there's something about buying what you like, what catches your eye. So here's my recommendation. If you want to do that and not get out of control, let's say you only collect Golden State Warriors or you only collect Hank Aaron, whatever it might be. You only collect 90s inserts. You only collect hockey inserts from the 2010s FLIR products. But you want to dabble elsewhere, create a a PC for yourself, call it miscellaneous, Hmm. and feel free to put whatever you want in there but that way it's all in your miscellaneous collection and you don't need to worry about, okay, I bought one world of wheels. Now I need the whole set. No, you don't. You can just buy one or two of them. If they're in the miscellaneous collection PC, then you don't have to add anything else to it. Right. You can just collect that. But now if you create a a PC called 1954 world of wheels, well now you got to get the whole set, but you might not want to. So create a PC for yourself, call it miscellaneous and put all your miscellaneous things that catch your eye into that collection, and I think you can have control that way. Make sense? What do you think? Yeah, totally. For some reason, did you have somebody come on recently that was like uh, a big fan of Fonzie? Is that we had the font? I mean, they, no. So that was that was me guesting on the Cousins Collectibles podcast, and when I was chatting with them. I don't know how they watched an old show of mine and they saw me show my Fonzie cards. You have Fonzie cards. That's what it is. Okay. I
1: have. Yeah, yeah, cards. They brought it up. Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to, I mean, if you, if
0: you grew up during the time of happy days, who wouldn't want a Fonzie card? That was my after school show. Happy days and three's company. That's what I watched. And then the Detroit Pistons. That's what I watched when I came home from school. I remember, gosh, I wouldn't have, this is like, I'm talking about, I moved from that house to this new house in grade three so in grade one grade two i would come home and watch happy days and the Fonz was my idol i've actually i sold off a couple of my fonzie cards joe because i just fell out of love with them but mm-hmm. i kept one of them which is now living in the same folder as that as my historical figures card also the one i kept is like easily my favorite of the that's why i was able to let go of the others so i'm I'm really really happy with it i'll show it to you here for fun and then we'll do some comments and maybe start to wrap this up of course it's start to wrap where's my fonzie card here it is actually i don't see it yet
1: sometimes it what buying multiples will do is it'll let you refine your own sensibilities of oh yeah
0: look at that look at look how handsome the fonts looks I there henry winkler. winkler yes indeed henry winkler it, I never have I encountered an actor who's so much different than the character. you Right. Know? Right. Like, he is so cool on the show in real life. He's just, he just, just is not. Okay. No. Let's go through the comments here. Giamas has a complete set of the car of the 1954 world of wheels and doesn't even care about cars, but they're so visually appealing GMO. So I completely understand Mark Santucci says, Joe, do you have any cards of classic TV shows like 18, Miami Vice, Charlie's Angels, All in the Family, good times? I don't, but I would like. And, and throwing
1: in there, um, for some reason, talking about happy days reminded me of Welcome Back Cotter. Maybe Cotter. a little John
0: Travolta would be uh, cool to have. I'm a I love John Travolta. I have an autographed picture of him behind me over there. You guys can't see it. It's kind of it's kind of behind my chair but it's also behind that uncut sheet of cards that's framed
1: yeah so mr. T. I...
0: remember mr t that would be the a team i have A team cards here because eastridge hobbies has packs of it so i bought a few packs and i i hit like the 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 mr t card it's just in a top loader but i have a mr t card you hit framed. the mr t card yeah i've got the mr t card <laughs> yeah here let, let me pull it out just to prove it just to prove it i've got <laughs> I've got this box of cards here. It's kind of just a bunch of miscellaneous stuff. It, it not, none of it is really scanned or anything. But where's my Mr. T card? I know it's in here. It's definitely in here. I don't. Oh, you know what? Did I move it into this pile here? Let's see if I. Let's see if it's in this pile of cards right here. I don't think it is. Oh, wait. So here's a couple Michael Jacksons. Oh the michael jackson series no the it's a funny jackson. card uh this is how many of you remember this sea monkeys oh yeah i i had sea some monkeys. Sea monkeys the the comic
1: books would advertise them you'd send away for them and then it was exactly yeah. this
0: is an Allen and it's an Allen and ginter card i have uh I kept this. I, I I pulled this out of a box of Goodwin Champions. It's a Julius Caesar stamp card. Pretty that cool. Is, Pretty wow. cool. But I'm looking for my, my Mr. T cards. Um, they're not there. So they must be in this box here somewhere. Oh, they'll be over here. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. So, okay. Here, first of all, let me show you guys. Here's the actual these are the actual cards I showed earlier of the the Mars attacks.
1: Right. Okay. Those are the um what would you um, call those? The uh the source. The source.
0: Yeah. I actually these are from the same artist. He he painted these. These are on actual tops cards as well. Star Wars. They're, all, they're one of one, one-on-one of one images. Uh where's Mr. T. Where's Mr. T? I mean, it's pretty funny. We're looking. Oh, wait, over there. Nope, not in that pile. Trying to get this quick, cause I know that it's uh, we're getting late here. Oh, My gosh, where where did I put my Mr. T cards? Don't tell me they're over here. Oh wait, yeah, found them. Found them. They're not even top loaded. They're just sleeved. <laughs> there you go. There he oh, is yeah. with the mohawk. B A B A. That's Mr. T. Oh, here's another one. Here's is this the number? Oh, it's the number two card. Look at that. Look Easy. at that card, right? I mean, come on. That's classic. That's classic. And then here, this must be number one. Yeah, this is the number one card. There's the whole team. You got Braddock. Let's see. You got Matt Murdoch, Templeton, Amy Amanda Allen, and Colonel John Hannibal Smith. Like, that's, I mean. Classic. And then is
1: the, a year on that? Do they, do they say a production year on the back? Yeah. So like these are. 79. 80 oh, hold on.
0: So I can't read it. i got to pull up my loop. It's so small. Oh, I know. Get the readers out. This 83. 1983. 83. Yeah. Okay. A little bit okay. later. A little later. And then speaking of music cards, these are, um, I have these too that I, that are, these are like early, uh, I think they're Samler Sakers. There's a Cat Stevens. Nice. But I've got two of them. These I bought at a local show. A guy had them. I think he gave me this whole stack for like 40 bucks. Right. Elvis Presley. Couple Elvis Presleys there. Here's ABBA. Oh yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, you had a pair of those. I got the Rolling Stones. There you go. Love those band shots. Here's a Paul McCartney. Wow. Diana Ross. A double of Diana Ross. We got. Well, here's a. This is a classic. John Lennon. Look at the People for Peace armband. Like that's. I've. I've learned when it comes to this kind of cards where like, cause there, there's cards like seven, 800 card series. So right. you'll have the same, the same celebrity a dozen times. And then it's like the, the key card is the one that has something different or unique. That armband might, I don't know, might make that a very special card. Yep. Oh, Neil diamond. I mean, come on, Neil diamond, right? Like can't go wrong. Here's a sweet Mick Jagger. There you go. And then I think you mentioned this guy earlier. Stevie, yeah, Stevie Wonder, yeah. So these are cards that are just awesome, and what a what a great deal I got when I, I I feel like I think I paid five bucks a card or something like that, and probably got a few extras. So I I love it. I love it. Totally. Some more comments. Jay says Fonzie, that's fun. I love the show. See the dynamic duo sticker number one. I have a couple of those. Good times. Mark says Joe, do you have any Raiders cards? Yeah? Stabler. Oh, yeah. 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 I know how to say it now.
1: Stabler. Very good, Jeremy. won't have to take back your NFL license. No, I – yeah, in 1977 when the Raiders beat the Vikings, I believe. I forget what Super Bowl it was, but I was a big Raiders fan and uh, pulled a lot of those cards out of packs, actually. 1976, 1977. (laughs) Bolitnikov was my guy. Sure.
0: Very cool, Jay says have zero eighteen, but those are really interesting. But don't know much about the issues. BA Baracus comes before Rocky three cards. There you go, they're not they're not expensive. You can still buy packs for like a buck or two if the, yeah. you know if you go into the right shop. I bought Eric Stefano says I bought an SGC eight Gangstar and a few a few months back to start my hip hop collection. Love it, love it, absolutely. Jake Dahl, does anyone else remember the show The Hogan Family? I do. I like that one as a kid. What about like Charles in Charge? You know all these spinoffs from back in the day. Jay Giuliano says, correction: Clubber Lang in '82 Rocky Three precedes B. A. Baracus in '83. Oh, so you're talking about Mr. T's rookie card, basically? What would be his rookie card? So See, Clubber it Lang like, precedes. Seems like, yeah, it
1: seems like Mr. T should have a bigger stature in the hobby. You know, I think they, so too. Maybe maybe he will
0: after tonight. <laughs> you never know sudden spike it's uh a... what else do i have in here nothing nothing else crazy a bunch of of uh fake um i bought off ebay a long time ago a full run of of unopened hockey packs mm-hmm. so i'd have a reference but they're all reproductions but i bought like every parkerson tops uh, all the that way was much cool. much-
1: what Layton was talking about you know just examining packs kind of familiarizing yourself with the folds and the light as, as kind of a way, the corollary with, you know, having a base card of an important issue and then actual packs.
0: It's cool to, to like that uh, part of the yeah, show. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting also. Uh, I thought that was that was a great a great nugget from the episode, you know, because totally. we it tied into how I was talking about, you know, if you're going to go look for a Gretzky rookie at the Expo in Toronto or the National in Chicago, take a base card from that set or just go buy one for a dime or, or a buck of a yeah. common just so you know what to look for. yeah really important all right man let's wrap up um chat we got lots of you there 44 of you there right now so uh anything else you want to say or just comment or throw out a topic or anything i'm open to it for a few more minutes otherwise i think we're gonna wrap up so i'll give a a few minutes joe anything else on your mind before we go and you know you don't have to say everything because we'll we'll do this again right no just
1: super fun night great show Matt was awesome. Um, he obviously has both uh, the passion and, and um, kind of an inspiring hobby story, but he's also obviously um, articulate and able to consolidate his comments. I was impressed with the both of you. Was, if if uh, people didn't catch that show, they should go back and watch it. It's a good one.
0: Yeah. Thanks. I appreciate that. If you're, uh, for those of you still with us, so tomorrow, seven o'clock Eastern, 5 o'clock Pacific, 5 o'clock, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific. We're going to have collectible live. Joe is going to be my guest. Uh, he just agreed to that earlier tonight. Some of you saw that as uh, Lauren Powers had to had to cancel or just uh, uh, reschedule for next Sunday. So Joe's going to be my guest and we're going to talk about preparing for the mint. Uh, and I know Joe's got a lot to say on that. We we're going to talk about that tonight, but we're not. We're going to save that for tomorrow. Uh, so we're going to do that tomorrow on collectible live. And then at 9:30 Eastern is the uh, weekly PWCC hockey auction. Myself and Josh Madigan from hockey cards, gong show. are going to cover that as we do every Sunday. So that's it. Thank you. GMOs. Appreciate that. This was, I had fun, Joe. You had fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun. We just roll with it. Freestyling. Freestyling. Freestyling with Joe Perot chat. Hope you guys had fun as well. Thanks for being here. That's it. This one is now officially over. Goodbye. See you tomorrow. And if not, have a great week. Lapper, thank you very much. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, Mark, for the five out of five stars. I'm hitting end now, guys. End broadcast. This is over. Goodbye. Good night. Have a great night. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death